Okay, who's who's going first? You can open my present first. Okay, I'll open your present first. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thanks. We'll see. It doesn't the shape does not resemble a laser disc, so already I'm You fold it in half. I'm a little miffed. No, don't do that. Oh. Sorry. There we go. All right. This is nice wrapping paper. I didn't wrap it. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's a book by by Charles Grodin behind the scenes at talk shows, movies, and elsewhere. We're ready for you, Mr. Grodin. How many books did Charles Grodin write? I think they were all the, like eight. At the bottom, it says author of It Would Be So Nice If You Weren't Here, which is not the other Charles Grodin book that you gave Which me I already got as you. a Christmas present. Yeah. Um, wow. And the uh, the retail price was $22. You really? I did not pay that much for it. There's an, I just opened up a random, <laughs> to a random page and it's just Oliver Stone. When did this, Charles Grodin work with Oliver Stone? Uh, Platoon. Charles Grodin was in Platoon? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to open my present. All right. Oh, nice. Uh, Oldsmobile complimentary tape cartridge. Yeah, so that that that's a tape. That's a that's a compact cassette that came with your Oldsmobile. Oh, nice. When, when you bought it new. Okay. Yeah. I don't have one of those. That's really special. It's got the Oldsmobile theme song yeah. on it. And uh, we also have Operation Iraqi Freedom Military Heroes. Didn't I get you this for Christmas like three years ago? No, you did not. Let's just start the f show. Well, you're welcome. Thank <laughs> you for my gift. I love it. Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Long Road Home Alone. I am Joey Z. I am here with my co-host, Jimmy, and I am, first of all, I just wanted to say, um, well, I wanted to thank you, actually, for for inviting me here mm -hmm. to, uh, to record this episode. I'm very happy to be here. Very good. Very good. I am, too. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. I got to start things off on a kind of a downer note. A few episodes ago, I said that uh, Home Alone was released in December of 1990, when in fact it was released in November of 1990. Okay. Well, I'll take that opportunity to um, make a correction myself. In a previous episode, I had said uh, that Old Man Marley lives across the street, but he's the McAllister's next door neighbor. Not across the street. Not across the street. Okay. No. Because... In the church, Marley says, you live next door to me, you live next door to me. And then when Kevin sees him, he doesn't go to the front window. He goes to the side window yeah. in the sitting room. Yep. So next door neighbor, I just wanted to make sure that that, that correction is made. <sighs> okay. And I'm sure people appreciate your correction. Too. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's just move on. You're a little, you're a little feisty today, Jimmy. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you too. The, the snow was in the air. Happy holidays. It's blustery outside here in snowy but pleasant Sheboygan, uh, Wisconsin. Live. Live. That's where we are and what we do. Mm -hmm. What are we talking about today? Mm -hmm. Today, uh, we're kind of talking about Kevin's faith and the spirit of Christmas, basically. Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. 
So Kevin finding comfort in either religion or the Christmas mythology is broadly. Yeah, it comes up a couple times in the film, uh, largely on his last night, right before the traps. You do get him finding shelter at the church when the wet bandits are first on his tail and they're trying to figure out where he's going. He goes to the church and he puts on the the shepherd costume or whatever and pretends to be part of the manger scene. Yeah. And that's that's, a, f- that's a nativity they call that in the business. What did I say? Manger. Manger scene. It's not wrong. I'm just it's nativity scene. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yes, you're right. So and that's so, the first one. Yeah. And do you think that that is his church? I mean, I think it's his church. I think it's his family's church. I would assume so. Um, I don't know. Do you think of the McAllisters as a religious type of people? Uh, I think they are. I think they're religious uh, like they go to church every Sunday. Yeah, I think they're culturally religious, if not devout. But I think they're Catholic Hmm. because Kevin does the sign of the cross before he eats dinner. He does. um, But I actually I looked into that because I thought that was just a purely Catholic thing. It's Uh not there. There are several denominations that actually use the the sign of the cross. Well, you think he's like Russian Orthodox or something? I don't think it's a Catholic church that he goes to. But I don't think Protestants do that. Mm. Do do Lutherans do it? Yeah, like like Lutherans, Methodists. Methodists don't do it. There were a few different denominations that did it. We are going to get called out hard on this. Okay. We're on thin ice I will say I'm... I I don't do it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I grew up non-denominational. We didn't do the cross thing. I grew up Methodist and we didn't do the cross. Okay. Uh, Okay, so he's Catholic. We can agree on that. Uh, Kate also says, and she she seems like she means it, I would sell my soul to the devil himself, right? And I feel like that's not really a turn of phrase you would use with that gravity if you were agnostic or atheist. I I think they're Christians. Yeah, she believes in the devil, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they're sort of like off the shelf Christians. Well, and I think uh, further evidence for that before the wet bandits show up, he's making his uh, macaroni and cheese, craft macaroni and cheese. It's not craft. It's not craft. It's not craft. It's generic. It's microwave uh, dinner. Yep. Which, and he blesses the people who sold it to him on sale. Right. Yeah. And then he, he crosses himself. And so, yeah, that instinct to pray before dinner, that just uh, doesn't come out of nowhere. So I think right. this is something that's been, you know, like he's done this before. Another piece of evidence to support that is that, well, he goes to the church. He goes to the church a couple times. That church is close to his house. Yeah. I I think when he hides in the nativity, that could be just, that could be opportunistic. But I think when he goes into the church, I don't think Kevin wanders into just the local church Mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve. No. If it's not his church, I think he's got to feel comfortable. Well, that's another thing. So this is sort of a tradition for a lot of people is that there's a Christmas Eve ceremony. Right. And I wonder if Kevin is drawn there because that's part of his tradition. Yeah. And as he approaches the front steps or whatever, you can see him like considering it. Like he looks up at the church and decides like, you know, maybe this, maybe this could offer something to me. He looks hesitant. Mm-hmm. Before he walks into the church, he's um, it's an interesting look that you see on Kevin's face. It's almost a should I or shouldn't I? It's almost with a look of determination mm-hmm. that he decides to walk into the church. You know, now that you say that, like, I kind of wonder if that's more about his guilt over the things he's done to drive his family away, because he immediately goes in and starts unloading on uh, old man Marley about a been kind of a pain lately. Like, I think he feels guilty about having driven his family away and he's hoping 
thing. And, and the scene before that is when he goes to Santa Claus and asks Santa Claus to bring his family back. Yeah. And so this is just him kind of going to all of these pillars of power in a child's life and try, you yeah. know, just pleading with them, give me my family back. Two in a row, right? He's just kind of checking the boxes. He's like, it's Christmas Eve. They've been gone for two days now. I wished my family away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super remorseful at this point. And let me just cover all my bases. Yeah. I go to Santa and then, yeah, I guess go to church. Damn. How low can you get giving Chris Kringle a parking ticket on Christmas Eve? What's next? Rabies shots for the Easter Bunny? Santa, hold on. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, if you make it quick, Santa's got a little get-together he's late for. So, Kevin's first plea to the gods of Christmas is to Santa. He goes to that house that I think is set up in their neighborhood, which seems... Like, is that just there all year round, do you think? No, no, no it's, they... it's a, that's a pop-up. So oh, okay. villages will do that where you've got the the, the pop-up Santa house yeah. and they will employ. Uh, oh, yeah. We uh, went to like the mall for that or something. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. It's not in every community, but in sort of like a sleepy little community like yeah. Winnetka, they've got the little town square there. Yeah. And they'll probably they probably do farmers markets there in the summer. Sure. That now they're putting Santa Claus's house there and it's just, you know, they employ like a, a high schooler two to be an elf yeah how do you feel about that santa claus scene oh i love that scene i think it's great i love both of these characters because they're both so you've got the elf and then you've got santa claus and the elf is like she's she's kind of over it but she's got a twinkle in her eye she's not irritated yeah she's just kind of like this is dumb she's chewing gum yeah uh but she like she throws kevin a bone yeah she's still friendly with him she's like oh yeah he's uh, santa right over there you you can probably catch him yeah 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 and then santa i think is super earnest i really like the santa character because he's so receptive he's like oh i gotta fix my beard yeah i gotta make sure this kid doesn't like see through the disguise and so there's it's heartwarming because his mind is elsewhere you you come into the scene and he just has this grungy feel to him and you think like oh this is just some guy who doesn't care about being santa but like as he talks it's clear that he does and when the conversation ends he makes a point to be like oh everybody that comes to santa has to get a little treat and he gives he gives kevin tic tacs which those are his those aren't little candies that the mall gave him to hand out to people that's right he's giving him from his own tic tac yeah Yeah, provisions. And he's also doing this on his own free time. You know, he's off the clock now. And some kid just ran up to him and said, hey, I got a wish for Santa and it's Christmas Eve. And the guy's like, well, I got to do this. I I do want to point out that because I I love this character. He gives Kevin the platform and the opportunity to sort of repent. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, In an indirect way. But he's wishing. He's he's saying this is all I want for Christmas. (laughs) And and he just accepts it. He goes, "Okay, Mm -hmm. great. You know, I'll deliver the message. I I do want to point out it's one more individual in like a line of individuals who is not concerned about Kevin's well-being, who isn't like, maybe this is a good opportunity to ask this kid if he's okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's Winnetka. Like, the guy's in a rich neighborhood. I'm sure any parent in Winnetka would be like, yeah, you can go up and talk to Santa. Yeah, but he's asking Santa for his entire family back. I mean, what he's asking him for is is a little concerning. The cops don't care. 
care. Yeah. They've been like, oh, you want us to check on the kid? And then the cop shows up and like knocks on the door. We do want to point out he, all the lights are on in the house <laughs> when the cop knocks on the door. And the cop's like, there's no one home. The house looks secure. Like, I'm out of here. I mean, he's knocking on the door for like five minutes. He, he, knocks, can't, he can't just kick the door open no, and just, check the house to see I'm if there just, is a kid I'm in there. I'm just saying it's like case closed for the village police department. They're like, nah. I don't know. I, I think you're expecting yeah. too much of, of community servants, including Santa Claus. I'm uh, not expecting more. This guy's I'm just saying, off the I clock. Think it, I think it's funny. I just think it's amusing that right. even Santa's like, I don't, whatever, kid. All right. You know, all good. I'll deliver the message. The guy who plays uh, Santa in this movie, uh, Ked Hudson Campbell, uh, this was his first movie. Do you recognize that actor? No. I mostly know him from Armageddon. He's also in Groundhog's Day. So he's it's like. Not, it's not. Is it? Is he the guy who is like, you think he'll see his shadow? Yeah, I think that's him. Intercepts him I think in that's the hallway yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so, okay. To bring this back around to a few episodes back, Rodney Dangerfield was in Caddyshack with Bill Murray, who was in Groundhog's Day with Ken Hudson Campbell, who was in Titan A.E with Tone Loke. You know, also Sylvester Stallone was in Copland with Robert De Niro, who was in Heat with Tone Loke. Nice. There we go. All hey, right. hey, nice. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I really dig that scene though. And the guy just listens to him and he like, <laughs> love to like, Kevin asks if he needs the address when he asked yeah. for his or the family or the back. phone or number. The phone maybe. Num- yeah. yeah, is that what it, the phone number? Yeah. Oh, he does. He give gives the, the address. He gives the he address. Goes, Do you need the phone number. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm and good. Like, no, it's all right. That's no, all right. But with no judgment, he's just like, nah, I got you, kid. Yeah, yeah. That's also a good insight into Kevin and where he's at in his growth journey because yeah. he's. I love how he goes, I'm old enough to know how it works. And Santa's like, oh, okay. And he goes, I know you're not the real Santa, but I know you work for him. And Santa's like, okay, you know, it's a little slippery here. I got to, okay, what does this kid truly believe? No, I love that that line is, I'm old enough to know how it works. And it like says the direct opposite of it. Yeah. Like you, you well, could... he's in this he's in this very narrow yeah. window where he's like, no, not every Santa I see is a Santa. Yes. I'm like, I'm not a sap. I know that all these Santas are just foot soldiers for the real Santa. Yeah. It's like, I'm not an idiot. His car stalls. And he gets a parking ticket. Does he get? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, who, that's gives, he... who gives Chris Kringle a parking ticket on Christmas Eve? What's yeah. next? Rabies shots for the Easter Bunny? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, and that's uh, before Kevin approaches him, too. Well, then he tries to drive off, and then the car stalls. Yeah. Apparently, that really happened. Yeah. Like, that wasn't scripted. The car actually yeah. just stalled, and he was like, son of a... It's a busted old Honda. <laughs> and it looks like it's actually cold outside. Yes. Okay, so, yeah. So, Kevin visits Santa which sort of reaffirms a belief in magic. And I think if we're talking about Kevin's, this all sort of factors into Kevin's worldview and it's part of his journey mm-hmm. of growth, right? Yeah, so the entire story up until now is that Kevin thinks he's wished his family away and now he is trying to consult 
the any, powers any that be. powers that are around that could magically bring his family back. Yeah, he's operating really heavily in myth and in magic. Mm-hmm. Old man Marley, he just accepts that this guy is a killer based on what his older brother, who he knows is uh, not a reliable source, mm-hmm. has told him. He thinks he made his family disappear. He thinks that the furnace is evil. Mm-hmm. He's got a wild imagination. Yeah, But he also, we see him find solace in different places. And I think he also finds solace in his routine mm-hmm. because we see him as he's now the man of the house. Once he's realized, I can't be afraid. I'm the man of the house. Yeah. His gr- he's doing laundry. He's washing the dishes. Are you opening those U.S. military heroes Operation Iraqi Freedom cards? Are, are these playing cards? Yeah, they're playing. It's a deck of cards. Okay. It's a uh, it's it's fifty two cards. There might be a Joker in there, but importantly, they are not the ones with the the most wanted. Like before, the U.S. military killed all the guys. Yeah. Where you could get the cards with like Saddam Hussein as the oh, Ace of yeah. Spades or whatever. No, yeah. this is the U.S. military heroes. <laughs> it's like Ace of Spades. It's George W. Bush. You got your Rumsfeld, you got your Cheney. You did you know your... that? Uh, did you know that Donald Rumsfeld went to the school that they shot Home Alone in? I did know that. Yeah, I did know that because you told me, and I, I get that. That's why you got me these cards. Exactly why I got you those cards. You got it. <laughs> I got you the Oldsmobile tape because the McAllister family drives GM vehicles. They don't drive Oldsmobiles. They drive Buicks. But mm. I didn't have a Buick tape. Got it. So, all right. Well, Buick was like the next level up, right? It's yeah. Like you got Pontiac. I mean, that, you know, it's below fine. Oldsmobile, but you know, Buick, and then I think what well, Cadillac above that. I they don't, don't drive Cadillacs. I don't know cars. But they got kids. I don't you know. Even, I don't even drive a car. Um, some parables from Christ's tales uh, that come to mind when I think of Kevin, uh, the lost sheep. Prodigal son. Prodigal son is a good one too. Although yeah. it's like it's sort of the reverse of the prodigal son because it's the family coming back to the son who was lost. That's true. I mean, really, that's really about like acceptance. Like the son sinned, right? But then mm. he went and he found Christ. As far as I know about that parable, he kind of just goes and lives a wild life and spends all of his dad's cash. Nice. And sows his wild oats. And he's begging for them to just accept him as a servant or something. And Mm. then the dad gives the next son's inheritance. He like splits that in half and gives it to the gives it to the guy. The prodigal son. Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty disappointing story as the son who didn't go away. Why does yeah, why does he do it? Is, mm. Who's doing the right thing by way of Jesus in this story? I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't know either. What about the lost sheep? You know, separated from his flock. I don't remember that as a parable. I really just know that as like a catchphrase. Are you thinking of the boy who cried wolf? Yeah, that one. Right. Because he went to he went to the first pig's house. Let me in. And the first pig built his house out of straw. Mm-hmm. Is that one? That was the one? Yeah. Oh, and the, the third one builds the, build, the third one builds the house out of brick. The McAllister's house Live in a is brick built house. out of brick. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, right. So, so it comes full sheep. circle. So lost sheep parable, or boy who cried sheep. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, there are other themes like I would say, well, definitely like repentance of sins. Kevin's all about that. He's sitting in the church and he's like, I haven't been all that good this year. He also, when he's alone, he's like, I promise if you come back, I'll never be a pain again. Okay, okay. So he's got a lot of like, repentance. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Your turn. <laughs> so something else that just occurred to me. Uh, so you've got like after the traps happen, he's like hanging stockings and putting carrots and cookies out for Santa Claus. He's still buying into the stuff even after he's defeated robbers, which are real life threats. Yeah, it really is that important to him. Mm -hmm. I think he doesn't know where to go and he doesn't know how to get his family back. Mm. But he even calls the cops eventually yeah. and pretends to be the Murphys and says his house is robbed. I've never the, really understood that. I've never understood that either. What's up with that? Yeah. What, I, okay, okay. What is he trying to accomplish? I mean, I don't think he's trying to accomplish anything. I think it's largely just the script needed his family to not know that he had to deal with robbers. They needed to come home and just think, oh, he just spent time alone and he grew as a kid and he was self-reliant or whatever. Or and he thinks he's gonna lead the wet bandits to the Murphys mm -hmm. and then maybe trap them, maybe have the police intercept them at I, the Murphys. I don't fully understand why he sent them to the Murphys. I've never understood that part. No, that's what I'm saying. It, I think it was just a, a ploy right. for Kevin to send all of the attention across the street where there's already been a house robbed and flooded apparently. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense why Kevin wouldn't want his family to know that the robbers had tried to take the house. That part has never made sense to me. Well, it's not Kevin's secret. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be like, you guys are not going to believe this? I don't question. You know? I don't question it. I mean, but you're kind of but you're kind of questioning it. I'm not going to question so it. You're done questioning it. All right. I'll question it. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. That's going to be hard. It's going to be it's going to be difficult for you to do. I said some things I shouldn't have. I really haven't been too good this year. I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family. Even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. Do you get that? All right, you go. This is your this is your show now because you don't want to listen to me, so go. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> You're so full of big ideas over there, bub, hot shot. Let's hear it. Let's hear about your themes of Christmas. I don't know. What did you do for, uh, what was your Christmas uh, ritual? Um, did you did you even have a Christmas ritual or did you do something different every year? Well, we did go to church on, uh, on Christmas Eve. We yep. did do that. So I've always recognized that component of Kevin's Christmas ritual. Because mm -hmm. that was, the Christmas Eve service for us was very music centric. Mm -hmm. So it was like all of the choirs were performing. I don't even think there was even really like much of a sermon. Yeah. It was more just like a performance based celebratory. They turn all the lights off and then they pass out all these candles and yeah. then you all hold up a candle. It was very cool. Yeah. Actually, I really liked uh, Christmas Eve on at church. Yeah. Uh, not that I wanted to be at church on Christmas Eve, but there I was. And yeah. it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Usually, 
how it ended up working for my family. Like we did our, we opened our presents on Christmas morning. We'd wake up super early and open oh, yeah. presents. Then. Us, us too. Um, and then I think Christmas Eve was largely like us getting together uh, w- with and the watching family, home alone. watching movies and like eating Christmas dinner or whatever. Eating it, junk, watching yeah. rubbish. Yes. Yeah. That's what Christmas is about. Here's something I like about Home Alone. A lot of times you watch movies. I think of it most when I watch action movies mm-hmm. where you're like, boy, they've really been through a lot. They must be hungry. Yeah. Right. And you just don't see people eating in movies a lot because it's not that exciting or engaging. But in Home Alone, Kevin has sort of a he, not only do we see him eat, but he he has sort of a like a food journey yeah. that tracks in parallel with his growth journey. Yeah. Because first he starts out with the junk food. Right. Then he graduates to a real meal where he's like, I'm going to have to fend for myself and get sustenance. So he orders pizza. Yes. And he gets that cheese pizza that he wanted. And then he graduates one further. and He's like, I got to go grocery shopping. I need to actually need to get real food. So he like goes out to the grocery store and then he ends with preparing himself a warm meal. He, yeah. he makes it himself. I've always felt a little bit of sadness every time. Like he's already lit candles and prepared a place for himself at this dining room table. And just as he's about to eat it, the bell rings nine o'clock and the wet bandits are about to show up and he just has to blow it out and doesn't get to eat any of it. Has that ever happened to you where you made a meal and then, and then robbers showed up and then robbers showed up and you had to blow the candles out no. and you couldn't eat the meal. No, that's never happened to me. It's never happened to you does that happen to you does it happen to me or has it happened has it happened to you no so the themes of christmas that we have are because i feel like that's kind of what we're talking about is the themes of christmas so what we got family Mm -hmm. we got snow Mm -hmm. we got uh music home home uh presents is presents a christmas theme or is that just a christmas thing i think it's a christmas theme probably i mean that's the three wise men right three wise men that's sort of where the presents come from totally uh love thy neighbor is that a christmas thing or is that just a christian thing that's a christian thing also Um, probably i don't know probably good advice good advice repentance of sins forgiving others these are it's christmas it's hey it's, it's the season of perpetual hope all right you ever seen the trailer for Home Alone? For Home Alone, the theatrical trailer. Yeah, I've seen it. It's got some scenes that aren't it's in got a, the actual movie. Yeah, or like alternate takes yeah. in it that are not there. Yeah. There's also this. Do you remember the, that all of the questions the clerk at the store asks Kevin in the trailer? It's like a manager. Yeah. Standing over her shoulder and asking him the same questions. Yeah, and if you actually watch the film, you can see that guy in the background of okay. the movie. I, I heard Chris Columbus talk about this too, where he was like, Well, I just wanted to do a few different takes of how Kevin interacted with these adults. And then he had the cashier just improv a bunch of questions for Kevin. And so Macaulay Culkin wasn't expecting them and he just to answer on the spot. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Because you're a stranger. Why not? <laughs> Because you're a stranger. He says it with such disgust, too. Because you're a stranger. So she is the she is really the only she's the single adult in the whole film who wonders why Kevin is all alone. So what do you think the point is of the Santa Claus 
segment and the church segment like what do you think that adds to the film kevin the character needs opportunities to interact with other people in the world and i think that's probably the initial origin of it is you got to get kevin out of the house Mm -hmm. otherwise he's got no one to act against until he's outrunning the wet bandits yeah but i think with going to the santa and the church we get a glimpse of kevin's worldview And he's just using the tools, the limited tools he has at his disposal Mm -hmm. to try to make his lot better. He knows that the wet bandits are coming back at night at nine o'clock and he hasn't decided yet to set the traps. He hasn't decided yet to fend for himself. He's going to these pillars in his mind, Santa Claus and the church. So it sort of feels like he's, I don't know, arming himself up with like, Christmas spirit or something like that. He think he knows it's going to be a battle. Yeah. I think you're right. And interestingly, he could also just stick it out mm. at the church. Yeah. He could now that he's friends with old man Marley and he realizes, oh, this guy isn't a scary ghoul, but he's actually a trustworthy a adult who lives immediately next door to me. Yeah. He could take that opportunity to say, hey, by the way, man, mm. now that we know each other, there's two dudes who are imminently planning to rob my house, yeah. but he doesn't yeah. because this is his growth journey. And he's like, I'm the man of the house. You know, you can't be afraid of this stuff. You got to step up. I've got to prove myself. Yeah. And I now I believe in myself. I'm capable of this. Yeah. These two th- dopes can be defeated. I can do it. I think the conclusion he comes to at the end of both meeting with Santa Claus and having the conversation with Marley at the church is that home is what his family is going to come back to. And if he doesn't defend it, if he doesn't keep his home, then his family's not going to come back. And that's what like spurs him on to set all of these traps and make sure that he's the one that fended off the wet bandits. And if there's a better Christmas tale, well, I just don't know what it is. Hmm. To me, it's a Merry Christmas. And I, I, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Jimmy. And I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoy the gifts that you receive hmm. in addition to the gifts that I gave you. Jingle All the Way, that's a good Christmas movie, too. It's all right. Okay. The Long Road Home Alone is broadcast live from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. It's hosted by Jimmy Dantes and Joey Z and produced by Pat Muldoon. Until next time, eat junk and listen to rubbish.